These aren't my stories. I'm just the person cursed for eternity to write them down and tell them to the world. In my former life, I was a harpist. I played music that was lovely. A little over a year ago, I bought a strange antique harp in a second-hand shop. The awkward old man at the counter told me that it was once owned by a bard who had sold his soul for success. Everyone who played it ran out of the store. I didn't choose that harp, but that harp chose me. I couldn't help but to bring it home. That night, I played, and my mind was filled with stories from the other side, from places unseen, from the damned. I'm Michelle Roger, and the story I'm about to tell you is one strong, note by note, and composed in the night. Santa Claus by Michelle Roger Special thanks to Gabe Roger for all the sound engineering. A recording of this on CD is available with artwork by Elizabeth Roger. Wasale Punch? Check, said Elderby. Employee gifts as well as the family bonus checks ready? Asked Abigail Claus, smoothing out her fur-trimmed evening gown in the mirror. Check, check, replied Elderby, continuing to make his way down the list. That should be the last of it. Mrs. Claus cleared her throat and looked sternly at her professional, personal assistant. Did you check it twice? Wouldn't be had L for two hundred and eleven years if I hadn't. Her stern look quickly changed to a beaming, pearly white smile. Good. A crackle came over Elderby's headset. A faint chatter floated in the air like snowflakes. As he looked up to Mrs. Claus with anticipation befitting opening night at the theater. He's here! A rush of activity and excitement swarmed the great hall as the news of Santa's arrival spread through the staff grapevine. He's here! He's back! was the announcement as elves from every department shut off their office and workshop lights and joined in the moving throng to the entrance of the great hall where the sleigh was due to arrive at any minute. Abigail Claus checked herself in the mirror one last time. She applied her usual bright lipstick and smoothed the curls of her platinum blonde hair. She sighed and then, in a few short glides of her long legs, found her place at the red carpet where Santa was scheduled to step out of his sleigh and kiss her on her rosy red cheeks, kicking off the Christmas party for the North Pole staff. A swirling red light spun in announcement, indicating that the sleigh had touched down on the landing pad. Cheers from the elfin staff rang out, Here comes Santa Claus, in the big band style tumbled over the crowd via the sound system. Some elves, who had snuck cups of Christmas wassail early, joined in the singing of the chorus. Fits of laughter broke out. The sleigh platform was descending from the roof, and another cheer rang out as Santa came into sight. Elder B squinted as he waited for his cue. When it didn't come, he shot a nervous glance over at Mrs. Claus. More crackling over the headset set Elderby's heart racing. I know, I know, he's not waving. I don't know when to release the 1,000 golden bags of snowflakes, he whispered into his microphone. Abigail Claus shot Elderby an angry look over her shoulder. She approached the descending platform with smiles and waves to the cheering crowd in the spirit of Christmas perfection. As the skis of the sleigh hit the snow, 
Her eyes bulged at the contents in the sleigh. Hit the snow! Hit the snow! She shouted at Elderby, who, on command, hit the green sparkling button. A tiny blizzard of magical snow fell on the zealous crowd, drunk with happiness. When the snow had cleared, Santa and Mrs. Claus were gone. The voice of Elderby cut into the holiday playlist. Christmas bonuses are now available for everyone. Please proceed to the banquet room where dinner and your envelopes are waiting. Another cheer, and the tragedy was successfully concealed. Abigail Claus bit her last remaining nail as she peered through the frosted glass in their nutcracker-shaped bedroom door. The doctor had been running tests all night. All Santa kept repeating, as she and her security staff had whisked him from the sleigh, was, Add Robbie Wilson to the naughty list! Add Robbie Wilson to the naughty list! Elderby cleared his throat quietly, letting her know he'd returned with more information. There's nothing in the black box. It's as if he had a smooth trip the whole night. Trajectory was good, no storms, no accidents, not even a log entry about the police chasing him for once. Keep checking, Abigail barked through tears. There has to be some explanation. What, what could do that to him? She tried to pull herself together as tears smeared her mascara down her chin. Elderby sighed. Uh... What should I tell the staff? he asked, trying to keep his mind on task. Nothing, snapped Abigail. No one can know. He's going to be just fine. He's just... The creaking of the bedroom door interrupted Abigail as the doctor came in and sat down on the overstuffed velvet ottoman. <sighs> He's getting worse. The fur has completely covered his body. I can still only find two puncture marks on his hand which doesn't explain all the blood we found on the sleigh floor. He rubbed his bloodshot eyes and then looked up at Santa's wife. There's more, and I'm not sure you want to hear it. More? What more? Abigail asked, as if she might snap from the stress. His breathing. It's more... more of a growl now. At first, I thought it was a rare case of lycanthropy. But all of the tests suggest only one other, more highly improbable conclusion. What do you mean? Elderby may have been hundreds of years old, but when it came to his devotion to Santa, his face was that of a small child. Blood samples, hair analysis, genetic testing, saliva and urine, they all point to one prognosis. Sinosophilia, cringed the doctor. Abigail and Elderby stared blankly back at him. The condition attributed to the dog-headed people who feast on raw flesh. The doctor took Abigail's hand. In mythology, the same people were called werewolves. You can't be serious, laughed Abigail. Are you telling me that instead of a doctor, my Santa needs a vet? She was shouting. Elderby closed the door tighter than before in the hopes to keep the secret intact. The doctor, annoyed with the fact that anyone dare question his authority, stood up dropping Abigail's hand with disdain. You needn't worry, Abigail. I've called in an expert.
In here! In here! shouted Elderby, tugging Dr. Gregg by the hand in his tiny voice as it tried to carry over the blades of the departing helicopter. The two ran from the helipad, typically used for Santa's sleigh, and down the hall into the kitchen. Elderby knocked twice on the stainless steel doors. What's the password? came a small voice from the other side. Reindeer poop! The doors quickly opened and Dr. Gregg found himself locked into a small room with hundreds of desperate faces staring up at him. Any word where he's at right now? Elderby asked with complete authority in his voice. He went over to the group of laptop computers and put his headset on. The vet is here, he announced. Sound off and check in. Half a dozen small video link boxes came up on Elderby's screen. Dr. Gregg stood over Elderby's shoulder as the reports came in. This is Amaryllis, sobbed a small female elf. He just ate two cookie makers from the bakery. I tried to stop him. Last I saw, he was headed down to the doll workshop. Elderby clicked on another screen. Victoria, report, shouted Elderby. A small crowd of elves gathered around the laptop. Crackling and snow filled the video screen. Bump up the audio, Sam, Elderby directed. The sound of clicking keys from another laptop soon produced results. It proved to be a connection with terror. Victoria was begging when the audio link cleared. Please, Santa, you don't want to do this. We're, we're family, she sobbed. A growl thundered through the rows of computer speakers sitting on the table. Some of the elves gathered, covered their ears, a loud bark, and Victoria was screaming. First came the awful crunch as her tiny bones cracked and broke under the wolf's powerful jaws. Next came the gurgling and the choking as Victoria's tiny lungs filled with blood. It's nearly over, remarked Dr. Gregg coolly, as the others wavered in nauseated terror. Lastly came the sound of something solid, filled with liquid, bursting open under immense pressure. Ah, he's decided to eat the head as well, noted Dr. Gregg scientifically. A small flecks of blood and brain splattered onto the camera lens, leaving crimson and gray trails as it slid down the lens. He's acting exactly as a young werewolf. I wasn't sure, considering Santa's centuries of life. I guess you can teach an old dog new tricks, Greg cheerfully remarked to a ghostly pale elderly. Can you pinpoint his location to about, hmm, hundred meters? I can try, but I've really no way of catching him, save reports from the field. That's just giving him a buffet. You don't have any security cameras? Greg asked as he walked towards the large black duffel bag. What about the naughty and nice cameras? asked Sam from across the table. We've always used them on the kids. Why not in our own shops? They're radio controlled. I can send the command to the software from here. Sam began typing furiously on his keyboard. Several small screens came online, pumping and gyrating as they proceeded to each department inside of Santa's vast workshop. Why does the screen move like that? asked Greg, as he assembled the rifle from pieces in his bag. They're walking, said Sam. The cameras are walking? Greg was confused and intrigued. Sam smiled wickedly as he set a command to one of the cameras. The movement stopped abruptly. The screen came up and it shone the viewer of the other camera. Three dozen green and red-clad elf dolls with their eyes dark and blank, reached out as they shuffled ahead in zombie fashion. Greg leaned in to see the face of a nearby naughty and nice elf stare back at him with a disfigured, clown-like grin carved into its contorted face 
accompanied by two black caverns where he assumed the camera sat and stared lifelessly back at him. Greg shivered. Now you know why children are especially good at Christmas, chuckled Sam. Parents set these beauties out in different places each day leading up to Christmas. Check this out. Sam sent a command to a second camera elf. The wicked little imp stalked closer to the screen. Hee hee hee! It giggled ghoulishly, making Greg's skin crawl. He jumped back. Sam laughed to himself and explained. That nasty one is the upgrade for the teenagers, especially the ones with piercings. Every year we get more and more orders from parents for the evil cam. Greg looked on as the zombie-like dolls came to life and sat on shelves, chairs, and windowsills of all the separate workshops. We are set, announced Sam. There he is! Krieg! gasped Sam. Krieg, the elfin beer maker, stood trembling before the immense gray wolf. Greg whispered in Elderbee's ear. If you can, direct your friend to try to distract Santa until I get there. The whole room of elves assembled in the kitchen were gathered again around the table of computers. Krieg was popular with everyone. They stood in horror at the thought of the Belgian brewmaster meeting his demise. Who will make the beer? was whispered around the room. Greg rustled through his bag and found his hat, his long coat, and his surgical gloves. Elderby looked on curiously as Greg transformed from common jean-clad vet to urban cowboy. Greg smirked wickedly back. This is bound to get messy. As Greg made his way through the narrow corridors that led to the basement brewery, Krieg listened to the suggestions of the kitchen elves over his earpiece. Look out! shouted Elderby. Krieg jumped in the nick of time under a stainless steel table. The wolf was temporarily confused by the shiny reflection of his own hairy face. He clawed at the mirrored stranger with the massive paws. Krieg scampered as the claws from the wolf ripped through the steel counter as if it were paper. He climbed nimbly up a tall sack of hops. The room of kitchen elves sighed in relief when the wolf tried to go after him and only fell backwards on the quicksand-like surface. The humpback wolf, with his enormous paws, repeatedly tried to climb up the sacks, and each time he fell. Krieg laughed, despite himself. Santa the wolf took to pacing and staring at the bags of grain instead of his prey. What's he doing now? worried Sam, as he directed the sadistically happy elf-shaped camera to pan out for a wider view. The green-eyed wolf looked from the grain bag stacks to his own talent-enhanced paws, and then slowly up to Krieg. Elderby watched the wolf in the process of deduction and whispered into Krieg's earpiece. When I say, jump, jump to the overhead lamp. It's your only shot. The firm surface under Krieg's tiny pointed shoes suddenly gave out from under him as the wolf sliced and ripped the base of the grain. Thousands of pounds of wheat, barley, and hops spilled from the hemp sacks. He heard Elderby shout, Now! over the earpiece, but the poor little brewmaster was too stout and he couldn't make the leap he needed. The wolf raised his paw in mid-air, extending his claws. Krieg was skewered, belly first, onto the longest talon. The elves in the kitchen screamed. Elderby called out, Dr. Greg, hurry, hurry, he's got Krieg. Greg ran through the maze of tiny turns and twists, made for tiny feet. Elderby tried to direct him. Sharp left, now straight, another left, right, right here, run! Greg rounded onto the scene where the giant gray wolf was peeling the layers of Krieg's clothing off 
like a child savoring a chocolate coating of a Swiss cake roll before eating the insides. The little elf was down to his boxers and screaming at the top of his lungs for help. The wolf eyed Greg and laughed as he tossed Krieg into the air like a piece of fluffy popcorn. The little tubby elf tried to once again reach for the overhead lantern, but missed. He fell into the gaping jaws of the wolf where the razor-sharp teeth pierced his body from every angle. Blood mixed with drool dripped thick like toffee down the wolf's chin. The sticky red residue clumped the fur of the wolf's chest. Greg aimed the rifle straight for the wolf's throat. The gun fired and the tranquilizer met its target. The wolf whimpered in pain and began thrashing around. Greg was cool. He watched elephants and lions in Africa react much in the same way. The wolf growled low and moaning. Greg looked down at his rifle to release the magazine. A strong blow to his chest sent him flying backwards, catching him off guard and unprepared. The wolf stopped briefly to stare into Greg's eyes as he pinned the man to the cobblestone floor. Saliva oozed from the gaps of the wolf's teeth and Krieg's flesh. Coagulating blood, it smeared onto his jacket. It smelled of beer. Greg comforted himself in the fact that Krieg must have chugged a pint before meeting the wolf. In an instant, the wolf was off and running down the corridor. Greg got to his feet and started after him. As he ran, he changed the magazine from tranquilizers to an ammunition cartridge. As dazzling as tinsel nestled all snug in their magazine were six shiny silver bullets. Giant, blood-soaked claw marks lined the floor and baseboards of the hallways as Greg chased the wolf. A squeal came from somewhere around the next bend, and Greg was forced to hurtle over a broken body of an old elf apparently thrown across the hallway in an attempt to put some space in between him and the wolf. Greg stopped to examine the elf's broken body. It was a quick death, broken neck on impact. Greg cursed to himself and ran faster. Up in the distance, a large group was forming. Greg pushed past the elves that crowded in the plush room with overstuffed cushions and velvet drapery. An icy breeze met Greg's face as he looked on. There on the floor, wearing a French negligee, was Abigail Claus, with her throat slashed open. She basically choked to death on her own blood, stated the doctor frankly. He turned her head, still attached by a thread of skin, to reveal the slash was nearly completely through the neck. Her shimmering blonde hair was soaked thick, red. At the roots were multiple lacerations still bled, wet, and glistening. Her impeccable makeup only accentuated her dull, large, doll-like eyes. Elderby took the satin sheet from the bed and covered her perfect, mangled body. Dr. Gregg stepped over the homicide scene and looked out into the raging blizzard outside. Santa the werewolf was nowhere to be found. Even his huge paw prints had been erased by the wind and snow. How far can he get? asked Elderby, staring into the blinding white. <sighs> if we're lucky... He'll drop from the trank gun and freeze to death in his sleep, said Greg flatly. If we're not so lucky, shivered Elderby. Then we have ourselves a wolf problem, sighed Greg. There's a rich food supply here, and he knows it. Greg sat down at the end of the sleigh bed and ran his fingers through his hair. I'm a vet. I never signed up for this kind of work. Africa was one thing, but this... He trailed off. I'm so sorry about the girl, he added his eyes red with fatigue. Oh, her, the doctor glanced at the mangled lump under the sheet. It may have been the best gift 
He left anyone on Christmas, actually. She was a shallow excuse of a woman. Alderby was still staring out into the storm. Santa hated that bitch. Greg looked up incredulously at the elf. Alderby turned and stared childlike and happily at Greg. A whole new career is a sugar plum away. He handed Greg a peppermint stick from his pocket. Greg stuck it in his mouth like a cigar. Elderby rummaged through an antique-looking chest in the far corner near the closet. Huh? said Greg, as he felt Elderby plop a hat on his head. An overwhelming happiness came over him. Look, negotiated Elderby, indulging in his own peppermint. I need an accurate marksman in case Furface comes back. You need a new job re-euthanizing furry creatures for upper-class brats too tired to take care of their pets isn't the core part of your day. Let's talk. Santa. That was The Santa Claus by Michelle Roger, the latest addition to Michelle's horror anthology, Something Wicked This Way Strums. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you'd like to see more of her work, or rather listen to more of her work, go to www.michelleroger.com. If you like the story, leave, leave some feedback, leave a message, send us some email. We really love to hear about it. Thank you, and I'll see you next time.